Hey guys, this is Sam. In the following episode, we do discuss eating disorders, restrictive eating, and sexual assault. If that kind of stuff is harmful for you to hear, please feel free to skip. Happy listening. Hey, I'm Sam. And I'm Lizzie. And we're queer people who love movies. This is subtextual. Okay, Lizzie, Black Swan. What do we think? Black Swan? (laughs) Black Swan. Have you seen this film? Uh, Do you like this film? I have seen this film. Fun fact, it was actually the first film I ever saw at a film festival in a film festival sitting. Wow, culture. Um, I know. I moved to the big city and instantly started engulfing myself in culture. We love it. I was shocked by this film. At How old was I when you were in college? You're like 20. Yeah, 2010. I had never seen a film quite like this, and it has stuck with me over the years because I've only seen it the one time. You definitely had a more dignified viewing of this film. I saw it on Christmas Day with my mother. Girl. Uh, I did not know that this was going to be what it was. Um, It was very uncomfortable. Um, I'm not sure I could think of a more uncomfortable film to watch with my mom. And I had recently come out, so it's it's very sexual, so it was was pretty uncomfortable, but... um, I've since watched it a few more times. I don't think my mother has revisited it. <laughs> um, but do you remember liking this film? Or Yeah, I remember being disturbed but impressed nice. by this film. I think that's Darren Aronofsky's like only mission is to scare you and impress you. Yeah, and actually this film did lead me to watching some of his other stuff and that's how I found one of my favorite films, The Fountain, which like people hate on that movie, fight me. I haven't seen that. We got to watch it. Okay. Is it it gay? Everything's gay, Sam. Okay. You're right. Actually, that's actually true. Uh, So just some background on this film. It was directed, like I said, by Aronofsky, um, released in 2010. Um, I have, there's a sweet spot in my heart for films that came out at the height of Tumblr and that were like taken and ran with by the (laughs) Tumblr generation. Like so many of these gifts and clips and like... um, just one-liners from this movie have been immortalized on Tumblr, and uh, I think that captures the essence of this pretty well. It's so it's it's Aronofsky. He, you know, before the creation of this film, was working on uh, a screenplay following this idea of duality, double identity. It was supposed to be like these stage actors who had an understudy that was like starting to encroach on their life. And while he was working on that, he went to see a production of Swan Lake. And he hadn't realized that the the main dancer plays both parts. So when he saw that, he was like, oh, this is perfect. So I'm not going to dive too much into Swan Lake. <laughs> 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 but all you need to know is that it's, it's just a ballet. And I think the film does a pretty good job at um, conveying the, the main themes and, and points of that. Wow, really cool origin story. I had no idea about either point that he was like working on a, something separate. And then like kind of married it with yeah. Swan Lake. He seems to be like a very goes for the long con because, I mean, he's he spoke to Natalie Portman in 2000 after Requiem for a Dream, just saying like, I would love to do something about a ballerina. So he already had this concept of a ballerina film and another working idea of this double thing. And he kind of just put them together. And I think that it works swimmingly. Girl, I <laughs> Are you done? Are there any more? Okay, yes, I'm done. Uh, So we open on Nina, played by Natalie Portman. This is like a musical number where she's um, she's dancing. She looks beautiful, stunning. She like looks like a little ballerina that you have in a music box. And she's she's going about the stage, and then she is overtaken by this evil male dancer. And um, if you're familiar with Swan Lake, that's the dancer that typically plays Rothbart. And I'll get more into that later. But he basically overtakes her, and once she's released. Instead of looking like a black swan, which is typically what happens in Swan Lake, she's a white swan and beautiful, stunning. Um, and so that's basically foreshadowing for the rest of this film. So we wake up. It's, it was some sort of dream that Nina had had. And she's telling her mother. Her mother is played uh, by Barbara Hershey. And her mother's name is Erica. And so we we already see from the jump that their relationship is so possessive and like twisted. And it's created this dynamic between the mother Erica and the daughter Nina, in which that she is like a little doll for her. Like she, oh. she takes off her clothes, she cuts up her food. Wow. It's, 
it's kind of sickening to watch. Um, it's it's very creepy. And it starts this whole thematic thing that we'll see as the movie continues where like Nina has no intimacy with herself. She's not allowed any personal space. Yeah. She's not allowed um, any time with her own body that isn't being like monitored by her mom. So I think that serves to like continue to infantilize her in a way that's like, it, it seems like kind of horror movie, like very Rosemary's Baby. So- that already is like a shit show. So that's right at the beginning. So I have a question. Is the mother Erica, is she like kind of forcing Natalie Portman's character to be a dancer? Is she like feeding through this failed dream of hers through her daughter kind of yeah, deal? Absolutely. Yeah. So she goes on to say like later in the film, like I gave up my dancing career to like have you. Oh, my God. It's something you see in horror. And it's it's also something that you see with like performers and women, like this idea that like once you age out, of your years or whatever, like you, all you do is long to be like a younger version of yourself. Yeah. I mean, the whole series of Dance Moms is based on that yes. exact premise. <laughs> yes. The Dance Moms has made a career out of this. Okay. So, um, so Nina's on her way to rehearsal and this is the first time we get a, a visual representation of what I'll just refer to as the double, mm -hmm. but it's, she keeps like throughout the film catching glimpses of is it her? Is it someone who looks like me? Is it this evil version of me? And so she sees the double through like uh, subway carts. So she kind of shakes it off um, and continues on to the dance company uh, to start her day. And so she's in the dance company, she's getting ready. And there's like these murmurings, this like catty murmuring mm -hmm. in the dressing room. So you get this like vibe of these like ballerinas being super, super competitive. Yeah. And like, not supportive of each other in any way, like destructive. And um, one of the dancers who's played by Ksenia Solo, if you're like a, if you're a Buffy stan, you might be a Lost Girl stan. She's in Lost Girl. I love her so See, your much. Your face just lit up when you said this woman's name. She's absolutely my favorite. I was going to buy like a ticket to a cosplay convention Shut to up. potentially meet her. I love her and she has like two lines in this movie, but I couldn't help but mention <laughs> Um, so her character, who's just like a, a catty ballerina, um, is talking about uh, the principal dance dancer at the company. Her name is Beth, who's play, played by Winona Ryder. <gasps> yeah. Winona Ryder's in this movie? I had no idea. What? You don't remember her? I don't remember her. Okay, I've this got some shit to tell you. This I love Winona Ryder. This is amazing. This cast is just like my wet dream. It's like oh this God. random obscure uh, sci-fi chick and then like obviously Mila Kunis and Natalie oh, uh, Portman. Excellent casting already. So, so Ksenia, or that's not her, Caddy Ballerina one says, <laughs> <laughs> um, says it's time for like a brand new ballerina. And someone says like, who? And then uh, she says like someone not approaching menopause. Mm, and the shade. Uh, so shady, like so fucking shady. I have a question. I have a question. Just yeah. to go back to how much I love Winona Ryder. I'm sorry to interrupt, but does no. she dance? Do we see her dance? No, unfortunately. Mother. We we Parker barely Darren. see her at all, and like oh. she is not in a good way when we do see her. Certainly not dancing, like Bummer. nowhere close to that. I'm sorry to shatter your dreams That's okay. like this. I would have loved. No, to I'm gonna have you. a dream about this tonight. Like for, there's no way my subconscious is letting this one go. <laughs> no, no, yeah. Anyway, we'll make a fanfic, and that'll solve <laughs> that. But, uh, oh my god, I'm gonna search the fanfiction. There is so much. You know, I mentioned the up. Tumblr thing, but there's so much fanfic about this particular. God film. bless America. You know, people online are really serving their country. So, so, um, Caddy Ballerina one says, you know, someone not approaching menopause. And this is the first time we see, um, Nina speak to her peers. And she says, not even to anyone in particular, but she's hearing this conversation and she says, it's sad. Like she almost whispers it. And, um, she said, Beth is such like a beautiful dancer. And the way she says it kind of conveys that she's not really talking about Beth. She could almost see that that's where she's headed. Well, yeah, they're all going in that direction, especially with her mom there to constantly remind her of this fear of falling out, like falling into obscurity, basically, and being obsolete. So that conversation uh, comes to a halt when uh, Lily walks in, played by Mila Kunis, the moment we've all been waiting for. Uh, she she walks in and the like catty ballerinas won't say a word to her. And Nina also doesn't say a word to her, but kind of like watches her in a way. Is she the new girl in town? Yes. Or what? She she walks and she's like, is this where I put my stuff? And like nobody answers. It's like very bring it on. Uh, 
but it's this starts this like common thing that we'll see where like Nina just like keeps looking at Lily in a in a way that's sometimes hard to place. But hmm. yeah, hard to place. Hard to place. We'll Almost get more into that. Textual, <laughs> might say. A little horny, some <laughs> might say. Uh, so we get to see the the dancers start dancing, and you know we get this like this dialogue basically informing us of a, as an audience that like Nina is perfect as a dancer technically but she can't relax so that's the note she always gets like just breathe just let yourself go just relax enters the director of the company thomas who's played by vincent cassell who is objectively hot but in this role is um reprehensible and uh, as soon as he walks in like all of the girls like basically strip down to like no clothing it's weird like um he's like a very sexual yeah, Lots he's of sexuality. Like, so he's like pulling this out of them, like, mm-hmm. give me tiger. No, show yourself. And like probably yeah. putting his hands all over their body Ugh, and yes. like guiding their movements in this really weird way. Thomas comes in to see all the dancers. They've all like stripped like half naked at this point. And he tells them, it's time for a new show. It's time for a new face, a new ballerina, right? To put in front of everybody. Beth died this morning. <laughs> I just killed Beth, so she won't do. <laughs> And um, so he says, you know, we're doing Swan Lake, yada, yada, yada. Swan Lake is awesome. So Thomas asks Nina to audition for the role of Swan Queen. On her way to the audition, she hears this like commotion, this like slamming and breaking, glass shattering um, from a dressing room. It's Beth's dressing room. And she's in there and she's fucking tearing shit up, breaking everything. And Nina kind of approaches And Beth storms out and she just says like, what? And then just like walks away. And so Nina enters the dressing room and is like amongst all of her things. And it's very creepy, but she's like looking at herself in the mirror in this way that she's like imagining herself as her. Mm. She's like, she puts on her lipstick. Weird. Yeah. And she like, she steals a bunch of stuff from the dressing room, but the lipstick is like important, but she puts the like lipstick on. She goes to the audition. I remember this scene. He's like giving her notes and like pushing her and pushing her. Right. He's telling her to loosen up and like do it differently and do it better. And Thomas, the director, is like berating her, just like attack it, attack it. Come on. Like if if I was just casting the white swan, you would have it. But sadly, I'm not. So she's, she's in the middle of this audition. She's spinning. She's spinning. She's really trying to show it to him. And... Lily enters and breaks her concentration. She falls oh. to the floor. And um, in that moment, Thomas is like, hey, this is Lily. She's from San Francisco. Yay. And he doesn't say it, but we know. He's like, why don't you go ahead and warm up? And she's like, I'm good. Because she's like too cool for school. So Nina's like sobbing at this point. She's like, and she's not actually sobbing, but like homie. Internal sobbing. Yeah, we can tell. And she like asked to do it again. He says no. So she goes home, like cries to her mom. Mm. Her mom is consoling her and like a like so childish, like from her yeah. room being like bright pink, everything fluffy ballerinas. There's like plushies everywhere. It's how old is Nina? Nina, I think, is around 26. Okay, so she's a grown-ass woman. She's a fully grown-ass woman, but in, but in terms of being a ballerina, she's kind of on her way out. So it's probably like a very confusing time for her to like feel ancient, but like not even like live without your mother for a single day. And so like she, before this scene, like she's practicing at home, you can tell she's really beating up on herself. And this is where we get the first instance of like her body kind of decaying. Her toenail like snaps, it like comes off. She's like pulling it off with her hands. It's pretty disgusting. But when she looks back down, it's fine. Huh. So she's having these hallucinations accompanied with some like actual physical harm that she's doing to herself. So like, I didn't touch on this so much in the beginning, but like we see... Even before this, like, new show is being announced, like, we see that she's, like, harmed herself on her back with her scratching of her nails. Oh, she, like, kind of scratches herself all in one place. Yeah. It's, like, probably, like, a nervous tick or something, but she scratches. And then that accompanied with this, like, restrictive diet that she has, like, after these really terrible scenes, like, she'll go to the bathroom and try to make herself sick. Oh. So it's, like— So she's, like, battling with disordered eating. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. Which makes sense because her mom, like the controllingness of everything probably manifests in this way of controlling her own world. 
She's like, well, if I'm being controlled, I'm going to control this one thing. Absolutely. Plus, I'm sure I'm not a ballerina, but I imagine that like staying in like peak physical condition and not having a single ounce out of place is probably a huge part of it. You know, like your yeah. body is on full display. Like yeah. you're saying, like they're half they're half naked, and when they're not, they're in like skin tight leotards, underpants. Like the yeah, just the right. amount of pressure you have to be like beat for beat perfect as like an athlete. And then also this pressure to be very tiny and liftable and throwable. And, you know, I think that's a good point. Like her mom is really paired with this idea of restrictive like eating um, and eating disorders. Like she can't, she barely eats anything. Right. And when she does eat, it's what her mom serves her. I mean, I'm sure her mom has disordered eating and probably has suffered with that as well. If she was in the same position as Nina trying to become a ballerina. Yeah, absolutely. And it's just, um, it's really sad to watch. And then it's also understandable as like a person who has no control over what she eats, where she lives, you know, she's never alone. She's always has someone directing her. Like this is the control that she has over herself with her, with her eating or, or being sick. Um, so she exercises that when she's really anxious. Um, so yeah, that coupled with her harming herself, like this is the first time we see her injured in a way that wasn't like intentional. Next day, Nina is upset that she's not getting this role. She puts on Beth's lipstick and knocks on Thomas's door and he, she enters and basically asks for the part, in which case he says, well, I've already given it to Veronica, caddy ballerina, number one. <laughs> Your icon and girlfriend. Yeah. And and this, 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 her asking for this part is, I think, the most words we've seen her say in the entire film. And we're like 30 minutes in at this point. But she's, she's like asking for this part. He says no, gave it to Caddy Ballerina. Um, and she turns to leave and he like slams the door. And he was, he was like, were you trying to convince me? <gasps> Rut row. Yeah. Like, why else would you have come here? Right. In his mind. <laughs> In his mind, I mean, this guy is creepy as fuck. She's saying, well, like, I really want the part. Like, I think I can do it. She's, like, basically whispering. And he, like, it makes this advance on her and, like, holds her to his mouth and, like, kiss. It's, like, it's so forceful. And she's so tiny, you know? And he's kind of, like, a normal-sized guy. But to her, it's huge. Um, And you hear, like, there's this, like thing with the sound editing when she's feeling really dark and evil where it kind of turns mm -hmm. and so we hear that like note and she bites the shit out of him shut up yeah and he work he just like pulls away like kind of like a like an animal bit him and he's like what the fuck you bit me uh, and she says like i'm sorry and she leaves in a huff so this is like her her dark side coming out yeah you see other like little tiny things beforehand are giving this like little like darkness. Um, but this is the first time she's done something actionable. So that's no good. She like spends the rest of her day probably miserable. And then it's the, the casting has been posted and she's been announced as the Swan Queen. Yes. She or also maybe no. Yeah. So this is the beginning of the end, but we don't know how we feel about that. I, I don't think as an, she, how does she feel? It's interesting because you think that she'd be happy and she is for like a split second, like literally a moment. She goes to see the cast list. She almost can't believe it, but she's not like smiling or anything. She's almost in a stupor. She runs to the bathroom with her cell phone. She goes into a stall. She calls her mom. And the word she uses is, he picked me, mommy, which is the most passive like language you yeah. can choose for like getting a role and auditioning and earning it. It's like, he picked me, mommy. Wow. I got to say like really good writing and I, I can't really remember, but I imagine that this film is pretty sparse with dialogue. Yeah. But I'm sure every line that comes out is pivotal. That is like building on something. Yeah, there's no throwaways in this yeah. dialogue. It is fairly sparse. So much of it is, so much of the storytelling is dependent on the cinematography and the yeah. sound. Um, that yeah, when when they do say stuff, it's so telling of their character. And so she says, he picked me mommy. She exits the bathroom stall. And in the mirror, it's written whore oh. in red lipstick. <gasps> huh. And so she's like completely overwhelmed by this. She tries to like wipe it off. But I mean, what do you think about that? The whore written on the mirror. Well, already 
from having seen the film, what I remember, and also just like knowing the duality of it, like I can see this as like the beginning of her like second personality starting to like rip itself from her like core being like basically her dark side taking form and part of me is like oh she's lashing out on this way and regretting it or she doesn't know i mean probably the like horror movie route that we're meant to take with this is that like she doesn't know she's doing these things but she's definitely doing them she's definitely lashing out against herself like she wrote horror on the mirror and lipstick about herself yeah, if you, you know think about, I mean? like, her patterns with control and self-harm, like, she could only exercise her, any any of her energy against herself. Because she also obviously does not believe, based on, he picked me mommy and the whore red lipstick, that she did anything to deserve this part. She thinks, I'm sure, that the only reason he gave it to her is for some sort of, like, sexual connotation that she's probably going to owe him something now at this point. You know, like she sold herself to get it, not that she is actually good enough to get it. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good read on that. So, you know, she was supposed to be having a good day. Something good happened to her. <laughs> and uh, a series of terrible events follow in an Aaron Ofsky sort of way. Uh, but she, so she goes home to her mom, you know, to her apartment with her mother. And um, she enters her mom's room and all of the paintings. So like her mom really creepy and like paints a bunch of portraits of her and like has them all hung up in her room. Oh, weird. And so she like enters the room and all the portraits are like looking at her sort of, but their eyes are kind of dodging. And so this is like another like crack in it. Like these cracks come often and pretty small, but like sis is unwell. Sis is unwell. Yeah. So she takes a shower. She's seeing that these scratches that are on her back are getting like worse and worse. Mm. So after that, the rehearsals for Swan Lake begin in earnest. She's she's in the, the dance space and she's, I guess, taking a break and she's watching Lily dance with the other male dancer. And um, Tomas is there and he says, like, watch the way she moves, imprecise, effortless. She's not faking it. And after he says those words to her, like, we see her staring at Lily in a way that is desire, but not attraction. So, like, I want to be that kind of thing, or yeah, almost jealousy? like, yeah, the, I I want that, but also like, I'm confused. It confuses me. Like, she can't put a finger on how she feels about it, but she's stirred. Yeah. So, like I said, there's a lot of scenes where she's like looking at her, and and her motivations are kind of murky. But in this scene, it definitely felt like a, I want to be her. Uh, so after that, they have a dance benefit. And Tama like announces the retirement of Beth. And Beth is there and she is fucking sloshed. Like she is drunk as shit. Uh, Nina goes to the bathroom and in the bathroom, she hears like a knock at the door. And um, it's Lily who comes in and it's like, oh my God, we haven't met yet. Like you're going to do great. She As she's saying that she's taking her stockings off from underneath her skirt. Um and like, I don't think Nina even gets like two words out. She's kind of like completely stunned by this woman. And so she throws, Lily throws the stockings in her purse and like hops up on the sink. And it seems like she just wants to like kiki and like be cute. And Nina's like, I've got to go. And she goes like, oh no, please stay. Like very flirtatious. And you, you're getting like a certain vibe with this character that like she's always flirtatious. Yeah. But Nina is like scared by her and like runs out. So uh, that leads me to this next scene I want to show you. I get to watch something? You get to watch something. <gasps> Beth? I'm so sorry to hear you're leaving the company. What'd you do to get this role? He always said you were such a frigid little girl. What did you do to make him change his mind? What's going on here? Hey, hey, I need to talk to you. I, I need to talk to you. Go home. No, don't you do that. Don't you dismiss me like that. Beth, my little princess, please hold it together. I'm coming by later. 
I have something for you. It's a token of my appreciation. Right. You make the most of it, Nina. <sighs> Winona Ryder is a force of nature. Okay, so what happened in that scene was Beth, Beth, um, the retired dancer, uh, kind of like pounces on Nina, um, berating her, uh, saying that, you know, Tomas always called her frigid. What wasn't included in that clip was an exchange between the two of them, which I think is the most um, Nina has ever stood up for herself. Mm -hmm. But Beth says, what did you do to get this part? Did you suck his dick? Mm. And Nina says, some of us don't have to. <gasps> oh. Yeah, so big, oh, so big moment. She's getting an edge because she probably did look up to Beth, even if she was also like kind of felt sad for her. But now to kind of like talk back to an idol like that, mm -hmm. that's big. She Yeah, so this is like important for her as a character to have stood up for herself. And I'm wondering like if she wasn't backed into a corner, would she stand up for herself? You know, like. Uh, it's not something we see very often, or I don't think we even see it again, truthfully, um, if when she's in her right state of mind. But it's an important moment. You know, Winona Ryder plays drunk. Not bad. Great. Yeah. Great. Could be worse. <laughs> Could be worse. Okay, so after this benefit, uh, Tama takes Nina to his apartment and says some very sketchy, creepy things, like, I don't want there to be boundaries between us. You any sort of boundaries, which is not what you want to hear from your boss. No. And he's obviously, like, this is a pattern, like, because Winona Ryder and him were definitely up to something. And maybe, who knows, maybe that is part of the reason why Winona got her position at the company. Maybe this is, like, something he's been doing and will keep doing. It's unfortunate that, like, dancing and, and puts you in this, like, very vulnerable place, especially, like, as a young woman. So he's getting creepier and creepier. The, the questions become, like, even more sexual, very gross. And um, he basically says, like, he wants her to go home and touch herself. Like, that's her homework assignment. I just hate that. But it's also really good writing because, like, we hate that. Mm -hmm. And it's such... Uh, like fire on the engine like mm -hmm. because like I do agree she would probably benefit from some masturbation <laughs> but I don't think it should be for this reason by this per like no different do you think you could masturbate at home if your mom was the mom that she had no definitely not like and there's like, pink plushies everywhere yeah. I don't know you just don't have your own space she like tucks you in like it's uncomfortable I'm just like so uncomfortable right now yeah. And I, I, this movie is very uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. So Nina goes home. Um, her mom is is undressing her, obviously, because how obviously. else will she get out of her clothes? Um, and, and this time, like, Nina does try to stop her, like, from undressing her, but her mother, like, insists. Um, so she sees the marks on her back. She's saying, you know, it's happening again. It's getting worse. And so she, like, clips her nails in a scene that makes me, like, really cringe. Um but Nina does start masturbating. I remember this scene as well. Yeah, what happens in this scene? She starts to masturbate and really gets into it really quick. So good for her. But then she turns over and her mother is there sleeping yeah. in a chair next to her. Yeah, you don't forget that. No. I can't believe you watched this with your mom. I can't believe I watched this. With my, my mom can't believe I watched this with my mom. Uh, <laughs> I'm so I'm sorry. I'm laughing because it's uncomfortable. No, it's it's a hard scene to watch. And <sighs> and just like a perfect, of course, that's going to happen to her. Of she course, she's going to try to like open up a little bit to herself. And it's just going to be. But from what I remember, she's like kind of like starved for sexual touch. Yeah, for sure. Like the just the way that Natalie Portman portrays it is like this person really needs to get off, like is really holding things back, yeah. never gets to let go. Here's her one moment for release and her fucking mom is there. She also like masturbates in a very weird way. So it's like a scene in which like she she's starting to masturbate. She turns over on her stomach and she like she almost goes into like child pose. But, Yoga. like, she's got her hands down her, like, undies or whatever. And she's really going for it. She's, like, a pillow there, too. And I think it's just important to, like, note that every 
any amount of sexual anything that's touched Nina has been like forceful and harsh. Yeah. And like, it just seems very hard. No love, no nothing. Even when she's masturbating with herself, you know? Mm. Well, she's just like probably reflecting what she knows. You know what I mean? Yeah. She's not going to take it slow and be soft and loving. She's going to be like, all right, let's get this over with. Let's hard, fast, go. Crank it out. Crank it out. It's, it's, yeah. Um, Man, I've never thought about that, that Natalie Portman had to consider. And I'm sure Darinovsky and her had conversations about like, how would Nina masturbate in this situation? I say all faithful, like just, just don't do anything crazy. Don't make the audience question like, why is she doing it like that? I think that's exactly what you do. You make them uncomfortable. And then she rolls over and her mom's there, which is like the, I'm, Darren Aronofsky is like the, a genius at making you uncomfortable. Could you imagine if this was a man masturbating in a weird way? Like if he just started masturbating and he like got a balloon out and like, you know, (laughs) a cowboy hat and you're like, why is he doing it like this? Like you just show the hand motion. We know. You know, you say that, but I will forever love the peach fucking scene in Call By Your Name. name. Classic. Yeah. So it's called for when it's Timothee Chalamet. Everyone else, (laughs) up and down. I'd like to think Darren Aronofsky was watching that scene and was like, damn it. I was was going to do that. I was trying to do that. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, she stops masturbating because her mom is creepy. And um, Jesus Christ. She goes back to work and she hears that Beth is in the hospital. Yeah, she walked into the street <gasps> and got hit by a car. Oh, there's so many gags in this movie already. Yes, lo- lots of gags. They don't let you rest for like a single moment. <laughs> uh, so the the rehearsal's starting up again. Tomas getting more demanding, as we assumed he would. Um, at one point, he asked the male dancer there that Nina's dancing with, like, would you fuck her? Inappropriate. He would be so fired in 2020. So fired. Cancel Tomas. I'm watching it now and I'm like, God, this is so fucking bad. I really hope it's not like this, but I'm sure there are some instances of this happening. Probably more than we can imagine. So he like dismisses the male dancer. He goes to dance with her while no one's around. And he's like groping her breasts. He's putting his hands down her underpants. And he's, he's like kissing her he's like open your mouth and then like as this whole like groping continues he like drops her and is like that was me seducing you you like you need to seduce us as an audience or whatever well you did a bad job seducing me it wasn't very seductive yeah was it consensual because my mind was just trying to label that sexual assault yeah is it that i mean does it read as that i mean in the scene i think it it reads as though on paper, it's absolutely an assault. And I, I think that it is whether or not Nina wants to admit it. I think her accepting that would be too much for her. And she has this like twisted adoration and loyalty to Tamar. Like in the next scene, yeah. you know, she's sitting there on the floor by herself, like crying, obviously, because this is a dramatic thing to happen to her. And um, she like looks off the corner to, of her eye and she sees a double again, another version mm-hmm. of her. And she's like, who is there? And it's Lily. Like Lily enters mm-hmm. and sees her crying and she was like, dude, I'm sorry, Tomas is a dick. And um, Nina responds like, he's brilliant. Oh, she's still standing up for him. Yeah, it's pretty sad. So uh, Lily teases Nina a little bit, says she has like a crush on Tomas or whatever. And, and Nina gets upset and leaves in a huff. There's so many of them leaving in a huff that at a certain point in my notes, it's just all caps like L-I-F. L-I-F. <laughs> leaves in a huff. Leaves and huff. Um, so we're seeing a lot more of these scenes, especially when um, Nina's alone, of this like these mental breaks that keep happening. Like if she's in the shower, she's putting on her clothes. If she's rehearsing, like she's noticing the toll that's been taken on her body with the scratch marks. She's always like pulling something out of herself. Mm. It's like super unsettling to watch as a viewer because to see that kind of gore happen to a person is what we're like used to, but to see someone like literally pulling Mm -hmm. it out of themselves is pretty harsh. And it's always when she's alone. So we probably have no like way to tell if it's real or not. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we get a knock at the door of Nina's apartment and her mom goes and answers the door and kind of shoes the person away. And Nina's like, who was that? And Erica was like, nobody. She like runs to the door and she opens it. And in the hallway, it's Lily. Yes. 
Yes. You know I where want this them is to going. be friends because Lily's the only one who's like remotely cool and nice to her so far. And even then, I've already questioned her her motives, but I'm like, just even if she's faking it, be her friend. I so deeply wanted them to be and friends. I love her. But by the tone of the movie, you're like, this, they, I ain't gonna be fucking friends. Like, what I want to know is why her mom wouldn't let her have a friend. I mean, it's a control thing for sure, right? It's like this whole, like, reminds me of Sharp Objects. Mm, I've seen, um, seen that. Oh, it's so good. But I'm, may I ruin it for you? No. Okay. Work. Continue forward. Okay, so we get a knock at the door. Erica goes, sends him away. Nina's like, who the fuck was that? Opens the door. It's Lily. Lily's standing in the hallway. She says, like, hey, I want to apologize for the other day. Like, I, I just want to see if, like, you want to go out maybe. And her mom is like, keeps peeking out and being like, shouldn't you come inside? And she's like, fuck off, mom. She doesn't say fuck off, mom, but that's like the tone. She grabs her shit and she leaves with Lily. Yes. So it begins. <laughs> yeah. It's, the part that we fast forward to. Exactly. This is the fast forward part for sure. Um, so they go out like on the town, you know, the whole night Nina's like gazing at Lily. And, and this like, Lily has this aura around her where you can tell everybody's in love with her all the time. Like it's, there's nothing new. And um, during their conversation, Lily tells Nina, like, you need to loosen up and offers her the most ridiculous looking Molly I've ever seen in my life. Oh my gosh. What's it stamped with? It's not, it's, it's so weird. It's like not Molly, like in a tablet or like anything like that. It's like, it almost looks like a capsulated, like vitamin. Like it oh. does not look like Molly. So like when the character Nina goes, what is that? And Lily was like, what? You don't know? It's like, I don't know. I don't know. Bitch. What is that? Vitamin D? <laughs> B12? Oh, B12 is great. Yeah. It was, uh, <laughs> so she's like, oh, you've never rolled before or whatever. So Lily's like, uh, excuse me, Nina's like, I can't do this. I got to go. She goes to the bathroom. She comes out of the bathroom and she's behind a corner watching Lily again. And this time it's attraction. Like she's seeing her shining there with these like boys at the bar and it really does look just like a physical, genuine attraction. And as she's watching her, um, she sees Lily open the capsule and pour it into a drink. <gasps> so she comes to her and says, like, I really need to go home. I have to dance in the morning or whatever. And Lily's, like, pushing this drink on her, which is not cool, by the way. Not cool. We Man, not really not people. a single person in her life is actually cool. No. I don't think we've seen a single person in this film that's, like, actually a nice wholesome person. Damn, I really wanted it to be Mila Kunis. I did too. So she's pushing this drink on her and she's like, fine, how long does it last? And she's like, yay, we're going to stay out all night. So they take this Molly, you know, and then the montage begins for them like dancing, having a great time, being really hot. And um, she kind of, she kind of like comes to after this like rolling and tries to leave the club pretty abruptly and like Lily chases her out and they take a cab home and in the cab they're kind of like dozed out in this like stupor and like Lily walks her fingers <gasps> over to her to Nina's skirt and like puts her hand in her pants and this is like the first time I think that we've seen Nina like really enjoy herself and so like so it is consensual at this point yeah it's content it's consensual for about like a minute or so. And then Nina kind of comes through and just like pulls her hand out of, pulls Lily's hand out of her skirt. Uh, and they get back to to Nina's apartment and the mom is like fucking foaming at the mouth, like super upset, like, where have you been? La la la. Um, she grabs like Lily, takes her to a room. And this is a scene that we've all been waiting for. But like, she, what I think is very interesting is that she had this like, Earlier in the film, she stole this, like, what seemed to be, like, a random piece of trash, but, like, turned out to be this pole that, like, kept her door closed. Mm. She's, like, so no privacy. can't get in. Exactly. So she, like, goes into the room. She takes this pole, closes the door, and they start fucking. They have sex? They have sex, dude. Sex. And I'm going to do a little breakdown of the sex scene because it's not as easy as they have sex. Like some fucking shit happens. I have to say, I have like so many of this has gone. I don't remember. It's so much is happening. It It's a lot happening and it happens really quickly too. Yeah. I mean, this is like what? Like a couple weeks? Yeah. This is like a few weeks time. And this is also the first time we're seeing Nina like 
being an adult. Right. Like she's not at work and she's not at home. Right. Like her world outside of dance. Mm-hmm. And like, who is she? Like, right. What other interests does she have? Okay. To the sex scene. Okay. To the sex scene we go. Uh, so this sex scene is kind of twisted. It's not as, it's fun, but then it kind of takes a turn. I mean, it wouldn't be Darren Aronofsky if it didn't take a turn. <laughs> what if it was just like a food fight? Oh, <laughs> gosh. I wonder what films use food as sex. <laughs> so, so they start to have sex and, um, it's pretty hot, passionate, um, super consensual. This is the first time we've seen Nina advance on anyone. So she closes the door to stop her mother from coming in. And Lily is kind of just standing in the middle of the room and like Nina, like advances on her. Wow. So this is the first like actionable, like sexual thing she's had with another person. So they're kissing, you know, they're, they're laying on the bed. Um, she's kissing her like, uh, Lily's kissing her down like her chest. Nina's having these weird flashes and that like that evil tone that I told you kept coming through mm-hmm. is coming in and out. And as Nina's go, as Lily's going down on Nina, she looks up for a second and she has her face. Wait, like she's her, she sees herself going down on herself. Yeah. What does any of this mean? I can't tell you. I don't know. <laughs> I could unravel it for days. What do you, what do you think that means? I think that this is all in her head. She is in her room masturbating and that this is like some sort of weird fantasy thing she's happening where she's like attracted to this Lily person and like imagining all this stuff. Like, like, I just feel like she's separated her personality so much that it's now something in her mind. Yeah. I mean, it would make sense that if, Everyone, every sexual encounter you've ever had has been basically assault. That right. this like imagining that you have is like you actually taking control. That's true. Cause like this could be a moment of control, whether Lily's actually in the room and this is happening, or what I'm conjecturing is that this is kind of just like a thing happening in her head. Mm-hmm. Either way, she has control. It's something she's allowing to happen or something that she's doing to herself. And, and, you know, and the fucked up part is that she's also following the directions that everyone is giving her, minus her mom. But she's doing what Tomas is saying. Mm -hmm. She's doing what Lily's saying. She's doing what everyone is saying, like, loosen up, like, relax, have fun. Like, and then Tomas is just like, go home and masturbate. Like, Mm -hmm. she's finding a way to follow people's directions and also, I'm sure, like, exercise some sort of tension and sexual buildup that she herself has. So she's like fulfilling both checkboxes. What yeah. do you think though? I think that they're, I mean, I think that they've infantilized, I mean, her mother's infantilized her for the entirety of the film in life, it seems. She's objectified as a dancer, as being this like vessel for sex. And there's no way for her to feel sexual because she's never has any time or space to herself. Mm-hmm. And so she has this pull to close the door. This is the first time she's ever had like any real privacy. So I think like that action of like having the privacy and having the sex, whether it's real or not. I mean, she orgasms. She like, she finishes. Amazing. Um, She like sees this face that looks like hers and then it's Lily again and she continues and she has an orgasm. And then at the end of the orgasm, um, Lily puts a pillow over her head and she blacks out. What does that mean? <laughs> I think I think it will all come into I think it will all become clear soon. Damn well better. <laughs> Damn well better. So the next day Nina gets to the studio, she she sees Lily dancing her part. <gasps> yeah, so she's gotten there late. It looks like Lily is like taking over for her. She has a complete fucking meltdown. She grabs Lily and is like, you could have woken me up in the morning. And Lily was like, what? I didn't come home with you last night. And Nina was like, are you fucking kidding? Yes, you did. And like Lily gets this look on her face and says like one of the best lines. She said, "Had <laughs> she says, have you had some sort of Leslie wet dream about me? 
And she and Nina's flushed at this point, like completely overwhelmed, grabs her shit and like runs off. Oh my gosh, this doesn't help me at all figure out the last <laughs> scene if it really happened or not. She's just either being gaslit or she imagined it all. <sighs> Sam. <laughs> I need answers. Okay, wait. You have to, you have to. Okay. We're getting, I think we know that it was not true. Or do we? I just, I don't know. I don't know which is worse. If it really did happen and Lily's lying to her and like seriously doing some long game gaslighting or she imagined it and she going like she, like she is losing it. Yeah, she's, she's fully going like, crazy. Um, so it gets worse. Okay, cool. <laughs> Work. So uh, Nina leaves in a huff after something bad happens, like she always does. She goes- L-I-H. Leaves in huff. <laughs> and um, she goes and tries to make herself sick again. Doesn't work. But I think it's important to note that this that always follows like something bad yeah. happening to her. Um, she goes Getting home. control back. She goes home. She takes all those dolls in her room. She throws them down the trash chute. Uh, so she is trying to take back some sort of control. All of this is happening. And then she learns that Tomah has made Lily her alternate. And she fucking, she like doesn't have it. She runs to Tomah. She's like, please, please. She's after me. So she's under this impression that Lily is like just gunning for her now. Mm-hmm. And Tomah is like, you have nothing to worry about. Like, you're totally fine. This this role is yours, right? So this is the night before the actual production begins. And um, so she's out, she's practicing by herself. There's nobody else on stage. And she sees this like evil. So in Swan Lake, the the evil sorcerer, his name is Rothbart, like I mentioned. And his embodiment, you kind of see throughout the film as like being the evil figure. So she's dancing and she sees Rothbart like cross the stage. Mm. And that like evil tone is coming up in the sound. And um, so she runs to like, catch him to see what's happening and off the side of the stage she sees Lily and Toma like fucking huh and then and and she flashes back and then it's Rothbart and her fucking like in the same position she's having a full mental breakdown yeah I'm starting to believe that Lily is totally blameless and that yeah she's just having a mental break So, so she's having sex with evil she's fucking evil and she's fucking evil. She's fucking evil. After this, she's full mental breakdown mode activated. She goes <laughs> to the hospital to see Beth. And um Oh yeah, Beth. She sat there in a chair and um Nina leaves her she like homegirl looks like a sleeper dead or something. And so Nina puts like a note down for her and returns like all the stuff she's stolen from her dressing room. And Beth looks over and is like, What are you doing here? And Nina says, like, I was just trying to, to be perfect like you. And Beth goes, I'm not perfect. I'm nothing. And she grabs the nail file that she had returned from the dressing room and starts stabbing her face. Shut up. And she says, like, I'm nothing. I'm nothing. She's stabbing, like, her neck, her face, her cheeks. She keeps saying, I'm nothing. I'm nothing. And so Nina's obviously freaked the fuck out. She grabs the file, like, tries to stop her. And as she's grabbing it, um, Beth bites her arm. And like breaks skin. She like pulls away and runs off. So she's going home. She's in the elevator back home. She's looking at her arm, blood just everywhere. And she drops a nail file. So it's implied that like she was stabbing. Repression, folks. It's it's not good. Don't no. do it. Beth got the real short end of the stick. So um, she gets home after this whole fucking thing and spins out more. She's like being attacked by all these doubles. You know, she's like running away from her mom. Her mom chases her into a bedroom and she's in her room and her bones start to crack. Like her back is cracking, snapping, her arms are snapping and her legs eventually snap and she hits the floor and blacks out. Wow. And when she comes to, she's in bed with like these mittens over her hands so she can't scratch or harm herself. And her mom is like, this has taken you to a very bad place. Like, you can't do this. And she's like, dude, when's the, the show is tonight. Like, what time is it? And her mom is like, well, you're not going to go do that. I already told them. I called them and said you were sick. And she was like, are you fucking serious? Like, she grabs all of her shit and runs to the theater. And when she gets there, she sees um, Lily in her makeup. Mm. 
And Lily sees her and goes like, what the fuck? She wasn't supposed to be here. And Nina like runs into her dressing room and starts getting ready. And Tama comes in and is like, I already told Lily she has it. And she was like, well, I don't think you want another controversy. Because insinuating that like there was a controversy with Beth. Yeah. So Tama's like, okay, the role is yours. Like go out there and fucking kill it. Okay. So the show's about to start. And this is when we're seeing the black swan in her, like the evil in her starting to emerge like right at the surface. So she's getting dressed and she's realizing that all of her toes are like webbed together. She's like trying to pull them apart. It's really fucking gross. She eventually just like puts her shoes on and she starts the, she does the first act of the, of the play at the ballet, I should say. And it's stunning. Everybody's like living. Everybody loves it. Doing a great job. They're gagged. They're gooped. And as she's 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 in the middle of this performance, she looks off to the side stage and sees um, the prince with Lily, and they're like in this embrace. And in that moment, she falls out of the dancer's arms and hits the floor. Damn. So she runs off stage. Everybody's like, "What the fuck? Like, what? How did you fall?" Everybody's upset. She runs back into her dressing room. Lily is sat there putting on the black swan makeup. Mm. And she's saying like, well, I guess it's time for me to take your role. You fucking fell. And they start to fight, like physically fight. And Nina slams Lily into a glass mirror and grabs the shard and stabs her. Oh my God. She drags her lifeless body into a closet and closes the door and then continues to get ready. Oh my God. But all these like little breaks that have been happening during the performance, like with her webbed feet and her nails and like all the scratching and pulling, yeah. she looks back and it's all gone. Like her hands are fine, her feet are fine. So she's like really not trusting herself at this point. She just right. goes back to getting ready. Still like single focus on the dance. She's like, I'm a dancer. I have to do this. I have to be perfect. Well, in it, in their fighting together before she stabs um, Lily, her she sees herself again. She sees the double again. So she's so there is a chance that this is some sort of symbolic mm-hmm. hallucination. So we're not, the audience is not exactly sure if Lily's body is in the closet yet. Exactly. Okay. So I know after this, she comes out in full fucking form as a black swan. Like she is fucking good. And um, her skin has been like going prickly sometimes while she's like feeling particularly evil. At this point, it's all prickly and she's like turning black and the feathers are coming out. She does incredible job and the crowd is going crazy. So she, um, she like runs off stage to give Toma like a kiss and then goes back on stage and gets like a full standing ovation. So that act is over. She goes back to her dressing room before the final act. And she opens the door and you can tell she's kind of hoping that everything's fine, but she sees that the mirror is shattered. Fuck. And she looks in the closet and there's blood coming through the door. (gasps) She really did kill that bitch. (laughs) So she's like, oh my God. She grabs like a towel, puts under the door to stop the blood. She's freaking out. And then we hear a knock at the door. It's her mom. She's like, I know you've been masturbating. Exactly. She opens the door and it's uh, Lily. I'm, I'm dead. I'm sorry. I'm dead. I, I've re-seen this movie so many times that every time they open the door and it's her, I fully forget that that ever happened. So she, Lily says some shit at the door, whatever. She throws her out, closes the door, goes back to the closet, pulls the towel away, opens the door. There's nobody in there. Thank God. But she looks back at the mirror. It's still broken. And she's looking at the broken glass on the ground. And then she looks down at her ribs. And there's blood forming. She stabbed herself. And she pulls a piece of glass out of her ribs. And then she hears like a rap at the door that's like, you know, five minutes to showtime or whatever. Thank you, five. Yeah, you're like, she's like, thanks, five. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) She sits down and just continues to get ready. So she's back on stage. She is doing incredible. Everybody is living. It's the final scene in which the the swan queen takes her life, jumps off a cliff and kills herself. So 
she's moving back, 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 back towards up this cliff face. And when she does come all the way back, we as an audience see this blood on her costume. So it's real. Yeah. And it's getting bigger. And she makes this like final leap and she falls to this mattress. And I think this is the scene most people remember from this film, Mm -hmm. you know, and everybody's coming to congratulate her. And before, like, they're congratulating her like crazy before anyone realizes the fact that she's bleeding. So they call for, like, help. They call for someone. She's bleeding, like, a lot. She's lost a lot of blood. And she goes, like, I was perfect. It was perfect. Wow. And then the film goes to white. Fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic film. I'm assuming we have some unpacking to do. Yes. My first question, what genre is this film? Is it a horror movie? Would you classify it? Psychological thriller. Psychological thriller. Like the body horror for sure. I don't remember. You know, I remember something with her like cuticle, like, but I don't remember so much the like cracking bones and all that, but there really is a lot of interesting body horror. It's also a bit of body dysmorphia. Like she probably sees herself in this kind of horrifying way, like. Maybe the scratches on her back aren't that bad, but when she looks back, she's like, oh my God, I've disfigured myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when you so know? much of your self-worth is based on image. Yeah, any blemish becomes glaring. Yeah, this movie did incredibly well. It was a box office success um, with a budget of around $13 million, It went on to gross $329 million worldwide. That's a lot of freaking money. Yeah, and it critically, it was also acclaimed. Um, Natalie Portman went on to win Best Actress this year. So she got an Oscar for it. Yeah. Well-deserved. Yeah. They were nominated for like about five, but she was the one that that won. It was the year of um, the, the King's Speech, so that like swept. Yeah. It wasn't their fault. They tried. <laughs> I've seen the King's Speech. It's not that good. I It's know, fine. I think it's overrated. But um, yeah, so it's a critical success. It's um, a box office success. And it was often regarded as one of the best films of the year. Yeah, definitely. So final thoughts. Do you think Nina is gay? (laughs) I think it's much more complicated than that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't think we could be certain of anything. She's not straight. True. So there's that. Mm -hmm. I think that like, I mean, we never know if she has sex with Lily for real, but regardless, she feels an attraction to her that either led her to actually have sex with her or imagine she was having sex with her. What do you think? Do you think Nina's gay? I think that Nina has been completely like neutered. And then also being this like object, she's so forced to to come head to head with sexual themes every single day and assaults. Like, I don't think that she even knows. I think it's really sad. It's very sad. It's super tragic that all these people that she looked up to kind of like drove her to insanity. Like, do you think that without this role, she would have gotten here? I don't know. I think she was just like, brought up by her mom to have all of these tendencies that kind of led her to this breaking point. I mean, this breaking point was very accelerated because like, like we said, this is probably over maybe a course of a couple months, like several weeks. Yeah. I mean, we see Beth who could have had a totally different life yeah. as well. And she's like not in a great place either. No, definitely not. Yeah. Um. Okay. So, score. You first, because you're the the lead. Okay. If we're scoring this guy on a scale of 1 to 10, movie-wise, I'd give it like an 8. I would also say, can I do an 8.5? Or- yeah, you can do an 8.5. Thank you. Wow. Didn't expect you to say yes. I, I like decimals. <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> okay. On a, on a scale of 1 to 10 for how gay it is. <sighs> gay yeah i mean there's gay there's gay sex in it yeah did it even happen though yeah i mean we did see it 
Like a seven? I'm going to give it a six. A six. Okay. So with the combined score of like 8.35. Girl. <laughs> so we give this movie an 8.35555. Yes. So that's me rounding, but around like an eight, an eight and a half, a little bit less than. <laughs> okay. Would you say... Uh, this film is subtextual, yes or no? Yeah, subtextual. Like, what? Who? what's even reality? That's true. What is, which one's real? Yeah, it's all to be inferred by us. Do you think it's textual or subtextual? I think it's, I think the gay is pretty text because they have gay sex. But enough. did it happen? We don't know. I mean, if a tree falls yeah. in the wilderness. The ballerina fingers another ballerina <laughs> in the woods. Are they lesbians? I think so. I think, I it's think so, too. <laughs> this episode was produced and engineered by Lee Garcia. Your hosts are Lizzie Guitro and Sam De La Fuente. Editing by Lizzie. Music by DJ No. Join us next week for a discussion of your favorite holiday movie, Carol. <laughs> <laughs>